Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. All right, welcome. It's this week's episode of Fixing Your Agile Coaching. I'm professional scrum trainer Ryan Ripley. Joining me this week, a fellow professional scrum trainer with scrum.org, Daria Bajina. Daria, how are you? Doing great. Yeah, Monday morning. There we go. Getting ready for the week. Exactly. So Daria joins us up from Canada. Uh, one of our um, one of our awesome trainers. Actually, really some great trainers have really been coming out of Canada lately. Um, we have a mutual friend out of Canada, Dave Dame. Yes. I know, I know that you know Dave as well. Yeah. And uh, so just awesome contingent of Canadian trainers up there. So Daria is certainly one of those. And uh, highly recommend you check out her stuff. We'll get some uh, links and all that stuff in the show notes. But today, Daria has been so kind enough. She's joining us to talk about creating an environment where scrum teams flourish. Right? I think this is a big, um, that's actually one of our Agile Manifesto principles is creating the environments where teams can can be successful, trusting them to get the, the work done. I might have butchered it a little bit, but I think that's close. Um, but this idea of creating environments, Daria, where do kind of where's your thinking on that? How did you get started in this space? And, and yeah, let's just, let's get into it. How do we do this? Yeah, well, it's a long process, right? And there's not like one guidebook that can bring you there. It's ah, really about, <laughs> I wish, right? That would be so yeah. easy. <laughs> It'd be a bestseller. Yeah, definitely. And, and people are looking for that really, right? Um, as, um, some of the things that often I see is where um, we have a scrum team that definitely doesn't flourish, right? Where right. they don't have the right dynamics, they don't have the right environment, and people are looking for that guidebook that can tell them, well, how do you bring them to a place where they talk to each other, where they are open, they're courageous, right? Um, it often usually comes up, I think, in the retrospectives, the real dynamics of the team as you right. can kind of see people working well together and then you come to the retrospective 
And you can see it clearly what is happening, really. Do people talk to each other? Do they have some ideas uh, of potential improvements, right? Um, and um, what I feel is really through helping discussions, helping facilitating some of those sometimes difficult discussions, especially in retrospectives, can help bring the, the, the team to the level where they overall are becoming much more high performing, I'd say, and they are able to work as a team. You know, I like this, uh, this, this, this line you're going down, especially this idea of the retro as the diagnostic tool for the team. Right. So in your experience, and I know that you you're not only just a, a professional scrum trainer, but a working scrum master, which is really awesome. Right. So you see a lot of teams um, out in the wild. Now, as a diagnostic tool, what are the things that you're looking for specifically during the retro that would tell you, is this a high performing team? Is this a team that likes each other? Is this a team that, that gets along, that works well? Like, what are some of the the signals that perhaps uh, that you're looking for, that you're seeing that would kind of give you those, those insights? So there are a few, I think, right? Um, there is uh, one that is a big one that is related to the people's behavior overall, right? right. And things that we might see that are not ideal. Um, someone, one person overtaking the discussion, for example, right? Yeah or having some people who have nothing to say, absolutely nothing, right? Um, or just kind of feel, I feel like even online, though it, in person it was easier, you can <laughs> feel the atmosphere in the room and you can sometimes feel the same thing in a call where kind of feel the tension. Right. And, and it doesn't feel good, right? And, and and you're not sure what it is exactly. And then you can see some of those signs um, of how people participate, really, how they talk, uh, where they, they talk at all. <laughs> right. Um, and then I also think the other part is around the results. So if the team didn't, say, deliver or didn't achieve their sprint goal, how, how do they talk about it in the retrospective? Does it even matter? Do right. they feel that they need to improve or do they not care at all? Right. Yeah, so, I, so you're seeing you know, if there's apathy around success. It's like, oh, we didn't make it. It'll be better next time. Like not that urgency to deliver and, and things like that. And, and those are certainly, I mean, huge signals. Early in my career, I struggled in this area. Right. So I would walk in the room and I would miss the fact that the tension was there and and that they needed uh, a different stance for me. I would walk in and try to be the coach. All right, everybody, here's what we did wrong. And I draw the X's and O's on the board and figure out uh, what I really had to learn. And I think this is one of your areas of expertise as well as, as facilitation. Right. So a lot of things that you're talking about, the silent person in, in the retro or the person overtaking the retro or a, a lack of discussion, uh, the this, I think that's where the scrum master really earns her money in that that facilitation stance really has to take over. And so as you're facing these situations, Daria, how what, what kind of facilitation techniques have you used? What have you experimented with? Or am I just completely off where this is the wrong <laughs> stance and you've even got you've got an even better idea uh, that I certainly have not thought of yet? So I think the facilitation, well, as any skill, um, it takes time to develop, 
right? right. And uh, you kind of go through those maturity levels where at first you just follow instructions, right? Uh, you, yeah. you get a guide and that tells you how to run a retrospective. Right. Well, what did it go well? What didn't go well last sprint? And that. What do we need to do different? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Yep. All of the standard questions, um, and it brings value, but it kind of like a small amount of value that it brings. But it's already is helping you, right? But really, it's when you get to the point where you are able to adapt to the situation and improvise, I feel this is where um, you really can get the right results and you really are able to create the right environment for people to share. Yeah. And to get there, well, you need to practice a lot. You need to fail a lot because right. that's going to happen. I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, I those can, awkward moments or awkward silence. Yeah, you yeah. need to be comfortable with that. Absolutely. Um, and, and just learning more and more. I feel like the more tools I I learn, the easier it is for me to adapt to the situation. And, you know, at first, I don't know, like when I really started to facilitate a lot of the, especially online events, I would be so stressed out <laughs> before every single event, every single right. class. Uh, but as I practiced it, now it's just easy. Sometimes... You know, it takes me an hour to prepare a workshop where it would take me a week before. Right. right. So. Well, it, it, I think the confidence builds in this skill set, too. Right. I think it, you know, it might totally agree with that initial like you learn a You learn a new tool and maybe it's a liberating structure. Maybe it's a, you know, and there can be way too much done with liberating structures. People really have to rein that in a bit. But but maybe you learn that skill and you try things and you fail and you have those awkward moments. But eventually you get to this point, and, and I don't think there's a shortcut to that, right? I, I think you really, this is one of those where you really have to go through and get your, get the repetitions in, get the practice in, but you emerge at the other end with a confidence that, yeah, you know, even if this structure doesn't go great, I know of six other things to try and I'm, I'm mm -hmm. confident that we can get to a good place. Uh, but it comes through that practice, that repetition, that learning. And I think a lot of people don't realize that we all started there. Like I was not a good facilitator at the mm -hmm. beginning. Daria, I'm assuming that you were, you, you kind of had some things to work on as well. I think yeah. every person we work with, they're like, oh no, I, I'm never going to be as good. As, and it's no, wait a minute. We were terrible at this at the beginning. <laughs> and we, all we did was learn a thousand different ways to not do it. And we finally found a path that we found confidence yeah. in. And I think that helps people out a lot too. And it, but the other side of that is, I think we're constantly learning, right? I know just because we learned liberating structures and training from mm -hmm. the back of the room, um, or learning 3.0, like the adult learning techniques and things like that. I mean, we're still reading, we're still learning, we're still watching videos, we're still trying to figure out what's the next yeah. way to break through. Um, and in that vein, you know, what are you looking at today? Right? Are there things that you're studying that you're looking into that's helping with this area as well? Are you just trying new experiments in in kind of mixing up structures? Just just kind of curious how because I know one of you, you're one of those boundary pushers where you're not satisfied with all right this is working. I know uh, just from our our light interactions in the in the professional scrum trainer community uh, in our scrum.org things. I we know you're you're pushing those boundaries. What are the things you're thinking about now? As you as you load as you grow that that toolkit, 
Uh, it's more really of trying to find different ways um, to present different topics. So what I'm working on right now is really um, bringing all that knowledge that I have into more structured um, workshops and, right. and, and building it out and understand it doesn't make sense. So kind of looking at the flow and then whenever I have an opportunity to actually run this, then I can see whether it is working and start adjusting. So it's really um, trying what I already know, but adjusting it to the situation or making some little tweaks um, rather than maybe, I guess, including more and more uh, different um, facilitation techniques, right? I think the last big one was the liberating structures. And now it kind of, for me, it really grew um, through the, well, virtual delivery last yeah. year, right? Yep. Where a lot of people were saying, oh, liberating structures will never work online, right? And I was looking for ways, okay, well, what can work? Right. <laughs> How can we make it work? How? And I think this is kind of this merge between the liberating in-person structures and this virtual delivery. That is really what helps me find new ways to, to facilitate discussions. Right. And to bring up difficult topics. Yeah, it, it, that the whole the, like the past two years of trying to get all this online has been fascinating. A lot of great experiments. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, Todd and I, we we, we teach uh, quite a bit of our, our and all of our classes with TBR and liberating mm -hmm. structures. And and we've found ways to do that online. But there's been I, I think the message of this uh, this part of the, the discussion is really it's all experimentation. Like we're yeah. using empiricism to figure out how to, you know, we try something, we inspect how it went, we adapt. And sometimes it's a total bomb. Like we, <laughs> it just doesn't work. And I mean, if you try to do a, like a 2510 crowdsourcing in a, in a online course or workshop, good luck. And if you, <laughs> and if you figure out how to do it, I'll send whoever, whoever's listening, leave a comment below, tell us how you did it. I'll send you a, a free copy of fixing your scrum. <laughs> right, I'll ship it globally. I don't care how much it costs, but we have not found a way to do that yet. And <laughs> but we've tried a lot of ways that have failed. And I and I yeah. think that's a really interesting part for people out there too. Is that you know for people like us who have been doing these things for you know Daria, I don't I don't want to age you or I don't want to um, I don't want to say how long you've been. I've been been working in this space for the better part of twenty years, and there's still stuff that I screw up constantly. Hmm. Um, and and I got to learn, and I got to try to do better. And, I, and I'd imagine you know, you've been very humble and open about that, too, that we try things, we fail, and sometimes they, but sometimes they go great, too. Yeah. And I think that's empowering to people watching in that, you know, we are professional scrum trainers. We are at the top of the, the training profession in the, in the scrum and agile space, and we still mess up a lot. Yeah. And we still have to try things. And, and so that's, I think, an encouragement to everyone out there. Try something, see how it yeah. goes, and then try something better next. And and eventually you build up this 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 toolkit and this these ideas to where, all right, now I, I'm not worried because I've got 10 things I know that work and I can try this little experiment. And if it doesn't work, I'll pivot back into what works yeah. and and it all works out um, fairly well. Does that make sense or am I just now rambling? No, 100 percent. I, okay. I feel like that is exactly what it is. It's really about empiricism, inspecting and adapting. And what I also found out that some techniques or facilitation methods that worked in one situation that where it gave you amazing results yeah. will 
will not work in a different situation. And I, I had a very specific example around that where one retrospective technique that I used gave me amazing result, but then someone else used it and they said, well, it didn't, it didn't work at all. Right. But it was an opportunity to learn, well, why didn't it work? What can I do next, right? So, Absolutely. And, and so I think circling back to our topic of, you know, creating an environment where scrum teams flourish, a lot of it is inspection and adaptation, right? Context is everything here. Yes. Right. And, and to your point, what works in one place can't necessarily work in another or won't work in another. And so we're continually trying things. We're continually talking to people. We're continually adapting. And eventually we hit that sweet spot and high performance becomes possible. It's, it's almost like lightning in a bottle. And when you go to your next team or your next place, that lightning's not there. And it's going to strike in a different way and in a different spot. And, yeah. and so I think that's a, a really important idea there as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, Daria, I really appreciate you joining us. This is a, a really good topic. And I know people struggle with this. And I, and I think you've given them a lot of encouragement and a lot of good things to try. Uh, where can they find out more about, about Daria? Where can they go? <laughs> Well, uh, the first place is scrummaster.com, and this is uh, where I share a lot of information on my blog. Blogs, I have videos on a multitude of different topics, especially for uh, Scrum Masters, well, obviously. And then also for Scrum Masters who are kind of ready to take the next step and want to invest more into their professional development. I'm also running a community of practice for Scrum Masters that is more of a closed group of people um, learning from each other, meeting together uh, on a regular basis. And this is a Mastering Scrum Pro community that also can be found on the, my website as cool. well. Awesome. So, yeah. I hope everybody checks that out. Uh, Daria is one of the good ones. So we hope you go out and support her and all the things she's doing and uh, check out scrummastered.com. There's some really cool content out there. And uh, yeah, I think you all enjoy it. So Daria, thanks for joining yes. us. Great topic. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. That means it's end screen time. Everyone knows what that means. It's time to check out the socials. So a bunch of Agile for Human stuff up at Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We're still trying to figure out Instagram. We're not there yet. Todd and I are kind of old and we're not quite up on the Instagram, but we're working on it. We promise we'll get something going. Uh, like and subscribe so you never miss videos like this. We have a lot of great coaches and facilitators and trainers like Daria who join us each and every week. You don't want to miss a single one. So like and subscribe. Check out the videos below. The YouTube algorithm thinks you'll like them. We do too. Uh, for Daria, I'm Ryan. We hope you got a lot out of this. Leave a comment below. Leave some questions. Uh, I think one or at least one of us will get to them. And perhaps some uh, good resources will show up in the comments as well. So leave your questions, leave your comments. Let us know what you want to hear about next. And we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and Scrum on.